This is Josh Sumby, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Egg Services in Drayton, North Dakota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan, along with Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. Well, most of North Dakota and Minnesota will narrowly miss a winter storm system moving through South Dakota. National Weather Service uh, Sioux Falls-based meteorologist even, uh, even, uh, Ivan Gums, uh, South Dakota uh, can expect up to a foot of snow in parts of the state. We have a narrow band um, that's starting to develop around the southeastern South Dakota area. We're expecting this to kind of keep lifting northeastward, probably putting maybe a couple uh, hundredths of accumulation to probably a tenth. But the predominant big thing that's going to be happening over the next uh, few hours is another band of heavier snow to come through um, sometime tonight into early Tuesday morning. It's going to bring between 11 to about 18 to portions of south-central South Dakota, closer to 10 to 12 in the central and to the east, you're getting closer to 8 to 12 to 7 to 12. And parts of Minnesota expected to receive as much as 18 inches of snow. Gum says the rest of the week will be have cooler temperatures as well. Well, once we get past the, the storm, it looks like we'll have a gradual cool down with highs topping out in the, the teens to lower um, double digits. Uh, as far as lows, we're probably going to um, get back down to the um, single digits, um, closer to zero. But that'll be short-lived probably. The teens and uh, lower temperatures will last through um, about Friday, and then we kind of hit this uh, warming trend again where we get closer to freezing. But other than that, it's looking like um, we're looking fairly clear after the system comes through. Brazil will continue to see a good mix of rain and sunshine for at least the next two weeks, according to the National Weather Service. Brazil's soybean crop remains in mostly favorable conditions, although dryness across the far southern growing area is concerning. Dryness continues to be a concern for Argentina. Most of Argentina picked up decent rains over the weekend. However, it's not enough to ease crop stress and drought conditions. More rain is needed soon with temperatures expected to climb into the 90s and low 100s this week. CHS hedging market analyst Steve Wagner says traders will be trading Argentina's weekend weather when they return Tuesday morning. Come in Tuesday morning and they didn't get enough rain and it's still hot and dry. Uh, you know, now we, we go uh, for a surge to the contract highs. I, I will lean towards the negative. I think this market has outperformed uh, in thin trade, and come Tuesday, uh, the, the better sense of the market's going to take it lower. Wagner thinks the corn market will continue to follow the wheat market. I, I think if, if the wheat can get footing, you know, then we've got a horse race and corn can take a surge to seven bucks. But if wheat is stuck in a choppy range, I, I think the wheat will ultimately pull the corn market lower. Grain traders added weather premium on ongoing dryness in Argentina on Friday. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says current price levels make it tough for grains to move much higher without crop damage. You know, we got within almost 30-some uh, cents of uh, old contract highs on soybeans. Uh, and new crop within 20 cents a contract high. So, you know, we, we're up here a long ways. Um, the wheat could not take out $8 on the March Chicago and backed off a bit. So added some risk premium on beans. Um, we're going to see if we need it when we come back Tuesday at 830. 
Rose says the current weather market is similar to last year when Brazil was experiencing drought. Last year we were worried about Brazil starting, <clears throat> you know, in early December, and that stayed with us all the way through June 9th. They, you know, it just did stay dry. You know, this one we started in Argentina in uh, early December. Um, but once we put a top in on the weather on uh, Brazil, we dropped uh, uh, $2.30 quickly from June uh, June 9th. So these weather premiums, they're good. They can come and go pretty fast. Progressive Egg Marketing Market Analyst Brian Stroman says Tuesday's market action will, di will be dictated by South American weather. Scattered rain in the forecast for Argentina. Uh, we'll see if that materializes. We'll look at the forecast there again. Uh, we'll take a look at, uh, you know, again, starting out the, the new year. Those outside markets will certainly be coming into play. And uh, we'll see a USDA report around the 10th of January. So there will be some news uh, coming into the market, and, and uh, we'll see what happens. Strauman says the grains will face headwinds going into 2023. You know, I think, uh, you know, the outside markets, uh, inflation, the interest rates, all those things come into play. Uh, the energy markets uh, certainly uh, spill over to the commodities as well. And, uh, you know, the weather around the world, the issues in the Ukraine, and, and uh, again, just kind of the same things we've been watching here for a while. Following the Biden administration's new WOTUS definition release, Representative Michelle Fishbach says a one-size-fits-all plan isn't a realistic solution. Each state has, a, has unique circumstances to consider. Minnesota's clean water standards are as high, if not higher, than the federal standards, and we do not need federal involvement, said Fishbach. She's concerned that the rule includes several vague standards that fail to provide certainty for stakeholders. Fishbach also says it will be important to hold the EPA accountable to avoid an overstep of authority. The Biden administration's final issued a finalized uh, Waters of the U.S. rule last week. Uh, National Cattlemen's Beef Association's chief counsel, Mary Thomas Hart, says there are pros and cons to the ruling. So when NCBA looks at any WOTUS definition, we're really looking for three things. One, how are ephemeral features treated? And second, how are isolated features treated? And third, do we have agricultural exemptions? So the Biden rule gave us one out of three. So we got some really helpful agricultural exemptions for stock ponds, prior converted cropland, and certain drainage ditches. Um, but the rule does leave open, leave open the possibility of finding federal jurisdiction over ephemeral or isolated features. For more information from the Red River Farm Network, you can visit Facebook and Twitter. You can also find stories, podcasts, and more. It's all available at rrfn.com. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. With a $17 billion surplus in Minnesota's budget, State Representative Deb Keel of Crookston, Minnesota, says she hopes Minnesota will look at lowering property taxes to help the next generation of farmers, ending the tax on Social Security, among other things, and increasing funding for other programs important to rural Minnesota. The one thing we can do is stop taxing Social Security when it's been taxed already. I know that we should also look at, at our schools and not so much just throw money at it, but make sure that we're offering uh, education that provides our students with catching up if they lost education when COVID happened. I think we're having some more mental health problems, whether we're talking about 
senior citizens or children, um, we certainly do have some mental health issues that we need to stabilize so Minnesotans can work and prosper. Keel says one thing she sees as an issue in the coming session is a lack of agriculture experience in the Minnesota legislature. I am one of the few farmers. I think we have a few more this year, another female farmer, which is fun to see. Um, but I am very, very concerned about ag, especially with the leadership of the Democrats being non-agriculture. You know, I know they have experience with um, large gardens that are fairly profitable for families in the cities. However, that's a different type of farming than what we do in rural Minnesota, and and we need to educate them so that they know how to keep our ag businesses stable. It's highly important to Minnesota. The Lake Region Roundup is scheduled for this week, Wednesday and Thursday. NDSU Ramsey County Extension Agent Lindsay Overmeyer says the free event will be stacked with speakers. It has changed a little bit from last year. So we have a rest day to rest after the holiday. It happens at the Memorial Building in Ramsey County. We have a complimentary breakfast that starts at 8 a.m. each morning and a complimentary lunch on both days. We have some awesome keynote speakers coming in with 11 a.m. on Wednesday, the Crop Consultant Conversations with Agronomist Happy Hour podcast, and that is with Jason Hansen and Kyle Oki, both North Dakota natives. And at 3.15, the all always awaiting people are wanting to hear what the expected weather pattern is for the 2023 growing season. So we'll have Daryl Richardson from Don coming. Overmeyer says livestock expert panels are also taking place. And new to this year, it's pretty exciting. Um, a benefit that came out of last year's poor weather conditions, the livestock group had roundtable discussions. So... This year, we decided to have multiple roundtable discussions occurring all at the same time. So there'll be five to choose from, and those are at 2 p.m. on Wednesday. We have resistant weed challenges, canola production, commercial gardening opportunities, soil health, and livestock. So we'll have extension specialists and also industry reps um, facilitating these discussions. National Potato Expo will be held this week just outside of Denver. Minnesota native Jason Morris is a culinary consultant and chef who's now based in Colorado. Morris will be part of a cook-off with celebrity chefs putting potato at the center of the plate. Look at this expo as a way to come out and sharpen your saw, to get reinvigorated, to find some amazing ways to show your consumers, maybe fun ways how to market the potato that you grow and produce and sell. Uh, and we will help you in any way we can, you know, as a resource to, you know, get you excited and, and help you find new ways to raise the bar and get your potatoes out to more consumers. Red River Farm Network will provide coverage from Potato Expo. This ex exclusive coverage is sponsored by the National Potato Council, Bayer Crop Science, Gowan USA, AMVAC, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, and Syngenta. With drought causing decreases in cattle numbers, the USDA is predicting a decline in the amount of beef produced in 2023, USDA Chief Economist, Economist Seth Meyer explains. When it comes to things like like pork, expecting a modest year-over-year -year increase. Broiler production has been, increases have been pretty strong. And so when we look year-over-year, -year, looking at some increases in all other meat categories, but beef production actually down more than 2 billion pounds. 
While Meyer expects a rebound in cattle numbers, the weather will still play a role in how strong of a rebound there is. Do you have forage conditions necessary to support a herd rebuild? That'll be one of the deciding factors. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Russia's invasion of Ukraine and its impact on agriculture is the number two story for the Red River Farm Network this past year. This is a war between two global agriculture powerhouses. An agreement to move grain out of the Black Sea was negotiated by the United Nations, Turkey, Ukraine, and Russia. This deal was done to reduce food security concerns, especially in places like the Middle East and Africa. Oil, natural gas, and fertilizer markets have also been influenced by the war. The damage to Ukraine's infrastructure is significant and will influence agriculture in this region for generations to come. EOS Sat-1 is the first imaging satellite to be built by Dragonfly Aerospace. The satellite will lift off tomorrow from SpaceX launch site in Florida as part of the Transporter 6 mission. EOS Sat-1 is the world's first agriculture-focused satellite. It'll provide ag and forestry with data to support sustainable practices. Considering past performance of management practices is important to your bottom line, AFS marketing manager for Case IH, Kendall Quandall, says data collection is key. Brazil's new agriculture minister wants to strengthen the country's statistics agency known as CONAB. Carlos Favaro told Reuters he wants CONAB to begin releasing reports on crop inventories, weather forecasts, and export data. That would be similar to what USDA does. Favaro says he also wants Brazilian government to resume stockpiling commodities like corn and rice for food security. Well, there's good news from Brazil for the U.S. ethanol industry. Brazil once again suspending its 20% ethanol import tariff. That would have expired in January. Renewable Fuels Association, they are pleasantly surprised by the announcement and are happy that the extra time for negotiations uh, will help to find a permanent resolution. Checking the uh, uh, calendar in the markets. Uh, markets all closed here today for the New Year's holiday. We'll reopen tomorrow morning at 8.30. Thanks for joining us. Have a great afternoon. This is the Red River Farm Network.